This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Yeah, so we have some Gen Zers amongst us uh, in the crew, and they've clarified that, yeah, these are words that are being used by real people, a whole generation of people, in fact. I don't think we so, got any more of an explanation around Riz, just that it's a thing. It's definitely around. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now you know how old you're sounding because you don't say it. It's like, well, I guess these words <laughs> really exist. do exist. <laughs> I uh, know. I guess it's not There's, just this uh, item no, that this uh, clip is playing. And she's and making more. it all up. Like my mother older every lady day. On there. Yeah, it's really bad. Anyway, I tried I to move it. on, but then we had to bring it up and break. No, no, no. You Ew. then brought it up. You said, let's move on. And then you brought it up just oh, now. Oh, I was so accused of not liking the, the word Riz. It's not true. I'm still trying to figure out what it actually means. So um, while we do that in the play, background, let's get... Play the clip. Yeah, play the clip again <laughs> in no. her head at some point. Let's get to Ask a Vet with Dr. Danielle Johnkind. Whether they provide us with companionship and income, food, or serve a critical role in the ecosystems that support us, animals are vital to human health. Have fun with us as we learn about animal-related topics and about the amazing bond we share with our animal friends. Danielle, you're a mother. Do you often try to catch up with language of your kids? Uh, probably not consciously, but I find that my kids just sort of bring on the language and then I'm left scratching my head and then I have to ask about it. So uh, it's more like an accidental catching up, but, and then they laugh at me because I don't know what they're talking about. That's what about. I was just going to say. Did you, <laughs> do you pick the right moment to ask? Because I think a lot of parents just say, I better not be asked because yeah. I'm going to just get laughed at. I guess now you can ask. I'm not afraid GPT. to get laughed at. <laughs> I'm You're not learning. afraid to get laughed at. No. And, and, <laughs> and Ramya, you could ask Google or any of them because I've, I've done that when I hear these yeah. terms. I think, oh, I wonder just don't what the ask the Gen Zer. Yeah, exactly. No way. Don't ask anyone. When you don't know a term, you go, go check there first because Google's <laughs> not going like to. Pretend like you know, but don't <laughs> use it. There's so many rules around pretending. Um, Danielle, we have a pretty serious topic ahead of us today on Ask a Vet. There are times when our pets seem to be fine, and then all of a sudden they might be limping and hobbling around the house. And this is a common reason for us to take uh, our pets pets to the vet and today you're going to talk to us about one very common cause of lameness in our pets and tell us what it means so what lameness problem are we talking about today well, if you have a dog, particularly a large breed dog, you know, you might recognize today's topic of conversation. I hope for your sake that you don't, but you know, you might. Um, and so we're going to talk about um, cranial cruciate ligament ruptures. Okay. Wow. Okay, because I remember, Danielle, to be honest with you, I was talking about the differences, some of the problems that bigger dogs could have. So what is the cruciate ligament? And why does rupturing it cause lameness? Well, cruciate ligaments are these kind of tough, fibrous brands of tissue, you know, and, and they help to stabilize the knee joint. So in pets, we call the knee joint the stifle. And of course, that joint is where the femur, which is the bone that goes from the hip um, down to the knee, meets the tibia, which is the bone that goes below the knee. And there are two cruciate ligaments in this joint, and they're they're kind of arranged in this X-shaped formation. Um, when weight is put on the leg, um, the physics of the situation, you know, makes the 
the bottom bone, the tibia, want to kind of kick out, like to go forward from underneath the femur. And the cruciate ligaments are one of those structures that stop that from happening. So they kind of keep that tibia in place so that it can bear the weight of the pet. And the most common one of the cruciate uh, ligaments to break because there are two of them um, or rupture is called the cranial cruciate ligament. Um, cranial just means the one that's farther forward, meaning toward the head. Um, when that happens, you know, the tibia loses some of its stability. So, you know, when we have this rupture, whenever weight is put on the leg, the tibia kind of wants to jut forward and it causes pain and inflammation in that stifled joint. Yeah, this sucks. Uh, how does an animal break <laughs> break its cruciate ligament? You mean the the cruciate ligament rupture sucks, or the topic sucks, right? I mean uh, the, the rupture and the pain and the. It's, and if your you're leg. calling it that, I'd hate I to know. think of what the animal, if it could speak English to us, would say. No, that's think it's right. terrible. We won't translate those words for sure. No. Um. So you know. Well, this problem sometimes seems to happen suddenly. That actually isn't always the case. Um, the majority of these ligament ruptures happen after a more prolonged period of degeneration in the ligament. So to use a bit of an analogy to make it easy to understand it, it's kind of like those suspenseful scenes in the movies that you see where the victim is hanging from a cliff by a fraying rope. You know, you see the one fiber snap and then the next. Oh. And you you know that if they don't get rescued by some awesome martial yeah. arts fighter, that rope is going to break, right? So if we kind of compare the cruciate ligament to that rope, you know, the break is often what people notice most because the pet suddenly becomes very lame. And, you know, when that break happens, the history I often get is that the dog seemed fine. They went out in the yard and chased, you can fill in the blank here, bird, squirrel, cat, whatever. Mm. Um, they yelped, they came up lame, and they've been lame ever since. And what often happens in these scenarios is that the pet has performed a change in direction at high speed on an already weakened ligament. And that maneuver, of course, tends to plant the foot. The rest of the body rotates in the new direction, but if the foot doesn't turn with the knee, it can just snap that weakened ligament. So that's usually how it happens. Wow. Ooh, as you were describing before, that's the images I have now. Thank you for the movie analogy. I hear the scary music playing in my head. Mm. You mentioned <laughs> that this problem gets worse, can, can get worse over time before the ligament actually breaks. What signs might we notice at home um, with our pro problems with, with the cruciate ligament in our pets? Well, you know, before it actually breaks, you, you might see some subtle signs. So you might see this intermittent limping, you know, that kind of comes and goes. It's always in one of the back legs. Um, there's no cruciate ligaments in the front legs. So, of course, it always happens to a back leg. Um, you might also notice that your pet has difficulty with anything that requires them to go up. So up the stairs, into the car, onto the furniture. Um, those activities put almost all of the weight on the back leg. So the right. symptoms tend to show up, you know, when they're trying to get up on something. Um, the other thing you might notice is that your pet might not sit squarely, you know, if it hurts to bend that affected stifle joint, that knee. So they might sit to the side and extend that sore leg out a bit rather than sitting square like they normally mm. would. And, you know, these symptoms, of course, they're not specific to cruciate ligament injuries. You know, right. we can see them with other problems, but it's something to watch for. And, um, of course, when the ligament completely breaks, you know, you'll notice this very obvious lameness that doesn't come and go. And I call these toe-touching lamenesses. So these patients usually come in and they're barely touching the toe to the ground as they're hopping along with most of their weight on the other three legs. Ugh. 
Oh. I know. Okay, so are, you mentioned dogs. Are some pets more likely to get cruciate ligament ruptures than others? Oh, for sure. You know, I, I rarely see this in cats. Um, in fact, in 24 years of being a veterinarian, I've only ever diagnosed one cat with this injury. Um, we do see cruciate ligament ruptures in small dogs, but they seem to be much more common in larger breed dogs that are usually over four years of age. That would be sort of the biggest risk group. Hmm. I, I, and again, like you say, a lot of time, it's just that movement. Hey, it's such an innocent movement. I'm having fun. I'm, hey, I blew a tire, as we would say in, in human terms, almost like, um, okay, so because we could see this in other uh, you know, lamenesses, if you want to call it that, um, how could you tell that cruciate, as a veterinarian, how can you tell that cruciate uh, limitation from others that are out there? Uh, well, you know, we usually have a pretty good idea of what we might be dealing with when we take a look at the history of the problem. Um, there are also some things we might find on an exam that help us too. So um, like I mentioned before, pets with the full tear of the ligament are usually showing me that toe-touching lameness on a back leg. Um, they are usually painful in that stifle joint, and there might be extra fluid in that joint too that we can feel. Um, sometimes I can feel a bit of a clicking sensation when I move mm. the joint, oh, and yeah. they almost always can't move it through the full range of motion that a normal patient would be able to do. Um, I can also sometimes feel something called a drawer sign. So what that means is that I can move that bottom bone, the tibia, back and forth in a drawer-like motion, much more than I would normally be able to. And if I compare it to the good leg, there's a real difference. Um, if the pet has had that partial tear in the ligament for a while, you know, the fraying rope analogy, um, mm. I might be able to determine that, you know, the affected leg has smaller thigh muscles than the normal one because, of course, they're using it less, so they get a bit of muscle atrophy. Um, and sometimes I can also feel a bit of a thickening on the inside of the leg on that knee joint. Um, and that's a good clue that we're dealing with a cruciate ligament problem that's, you know, kind of been going on for a while. Um, if your vet might also recommend an x-ray, especially if they're not sure that they're dealing with a cruciate ligament problem. And while we can't actually see the ligaments themselves on an x-ray, there may be some other things that, you know, we could see that add sort of information. So we might see extra fluid in the joint. Um, there's a little bone called the popliteal sesamoid that might be pushed backwards. And there might actually be mineral deposits that you can see on an x-ray in and around the joint that shouldn't be there. And of wow. course, x-rays, they also help to rule out other causes of lameness like fractures, like bone tumors, dislocations, and hip dysplasia. So, right. I mean, you know, they can be useful under the right circumstances. Mm. Is, is what you're feeling, like you said, if you feel something, is that likely to be the deposits or, or the, that other um, bone movement like, or just simple swelling? Well, you do, like I say, sometimes you do feel that swelling, um, but right. the drawer motion is usually the one that's, you know, pretty definitive. You know, you don't get that with some of the other causes of lameness. Uh, let's talk about the treatment of these, Danielle. How are the cruciate ligament injuries treated? Well, of course, the first piece of the puzzle is pain medication, you know, and we want to make sure that the pet is comfortable. 
Um, we often recommend anti-inflammatory type of pain medications um, until, you know, some sort of definitive treatment can be scheduled. So in cats and some small dogs, you know, the joint can scar down and stabilize over time. And so rest and pain medication might be enough to resolve the problem in an acceptable manner. Um, but most patients will need surgery to have an acceptable outcome. So surgery works really well in about 80 to 85% of cases, you know, compared to a success rate of less than 20% for pets that are over 15 kilos in weight. So if your pet doesn't get the surgery and they're over 15 kilos in weight, the success rate is pretty low for an acceptable outcome. Um, there are a number of possible surgical procedures that can be done to fix the ligament rupture, um, but not every vet does orthopedic surgery. So if your own vet feels it's in your pet's best interest, you know, they can refer you to a board certified surgeon to have the surgery done. And of course, rehabilitation exercises are also really important to do after surgery to help that pet recover and to build the muscle mass in the leg back up and that's uh you know the human equivalent would be something like physiotherapy though they're not exactly the same but right. it's very similar right so is there long-term issues that can happen with cruciate lig ligament injuries uh, unfortunately, yes, you know, um, the ligament rupturing will always result in arthritis eventually. Um, so, you know, you have to kind of expect that. Um, it's also likely, of course, if the ligament in the one knee goes, then the other one is at risk of doing the same thing. Um, right. And of course, if one knee is sore, the, pair, the pet will bear as much weight as possible on the good one, right. which of course, so lots of patients um, will break one cruciate ligament only to have the other one go within two years requiring oh, a second man. surgery so you know keeping your pet's weight on the low end of normal and following your vet's advice on any medications or joint supplements you know um, that they think might be beneficial you know will really help you know ensure like the best possible outcome and you know hopefully with the weight being low they'll be less at risk for breaking these things in the first place mm -hmm. and that's by extension too if something happens with the surgery side of it uh, the weight plays a big role in that as well. Danielle, thank you so much for this information. You're, wel you're welcome. Dr. Danielle Johnkind joins us every Tuesday for Ask a Veterinarian. And following that, we have a bi-weekly chat with either, either nutritionist Julia Caranches or wellness contributor Francis Wong. Today, it's nutrition time, and we're talking about cooking sorry, not cooking, baking with legumes. Fun, easy, healthy ways to bake. We'll be right back. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.